Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, through his beloved Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our, my sermon text is the gospel lesson for this morning, especially these words, because they have been with me now for three days. I have compassion on the crowd. And ate, they ate and were satisfied, and they took up the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full. Do you believe in miracles? Yes. Who uttered those words? Al Michaels uttered them in the 1980 Winter Olympics when the uh, United States team beat the Russians. The Russian hockey team had won five out of the previous six uh, gold medals at the Olympics. And here an amateur U.S. team had beaten the mighty Russians. It was indeed a miracle on ice. In our gospel lesson this morning, we see Jesus performing an even greater miracle. Jesus fed a gathering of 4,000 people who had come to see him and hear him from just seven loaves of bread and seven fish. He had provided the disciples with so much food for them to take to the people that there were seven baskets full of leftovers when the people had eaten their fill. What is this miracle all about? There are several aspects to this miracle. First, the people had been there listening to Jesus for three whole days. That is a lot of time to spend in one place. But it was because of Jesus that they had stayed around and waited those three days. Jesus told his disciples, for three days they have been with me. It shows us that Jesus is the one who keeps the people together in one place. It is sort of like the miracle that St. John's Lutheran Church has been here in place now for going on 150 years. Uh, Dr. Robert Scuderi was the executive uh, director of the English district. He was an expert on churches, and eventually he went to work for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, in the headquarters in St. Louis. He said that in the United States, the average church lasts about 80 years, and here you have been here almost 150 years. You are still here because you have been faithfully, you have faithfully made Jesus Christ available to the people, both in word and in sacrament. Jesus is the glue that holds the congregation together, and you have done it well. God has also blessed you in your longevity. For a while I lived in Johnson City, Tennessee. Johnson City, Tennessee is where Tennessee comes to a point on its far eastern end. Uh, during that time, I worked at the Cracker Barrel restaurant as a waiter while I was on uh, candidate status. Occasionally, I would drive up to Cincinnati in order to see my mother. Now, I could have gone west on uh, the interstate highway to Knoxville and then north on the interstates up to Cincinnati. But I preferred traveling the old back roads through the mountains. I did not save any time doing that, but it was 40 miles shorter and a little more scenic. Every once in a while on those back roads there through the mountains, or it passed by an independent little Christian church. Now their theology is a little bit different from our theology, but the Missouri Synod is not able to have a church in every community in our nation. Therefore I prayed that God would bless that little church and the people who worship there. St. John's is also out of the way. It is not in any city, but out here in the countryside. 
And yet God has blessed you with the, as a congregation so that you have been here for almost 150 years. God has blessed you because you have remained faithful to his son, Jesus Christ. Dr. Scuderi also said that a church is able to last longer than 80 years if it changes. You have changed. You built a new church in 1939. You added an educational wing in 1951 and then expanded it in 1984. You added a welcome center in 2017. What good do all these uh, such changes make? Dr. Scuderi said that when a church makes all those kind of changes, it tells the community that you intend to be here a lot longer. It is to be hoped that you will be here for another 150 years. It is to be hoped that the people in the community will wonder why you want to remain here. It is to be hoped that they will wonder what you have to offer to them that makes you want to be here. And that brings us to the second aspect of our gospel lesson for today. We read that Jesus had compassion on the people. The people there had been listening to Jesus now for three whole days. They probably had not expected to stay there that long and had not brought along any extra food for them to eat during those whole three days. Back in those days, there were no grocery stores nearby where they could go and get some more food. Even worse, where they were was called a very desolate place. Many of the people had come from uh, quite a distance so that they could hear Jesus. Back in those days, there were mainly little villages of 100 people or so, not really cities of thousands. It took a lot of villages for there to be 4,000 people there that day. Jesus knew that they would have to travel quite a ways for them to get uh, home again. It was, he was afraid that along the way they would faint from hunger. Therefore, Jesus had compassion on them. He wanted to help them out with the problem that they were suffering through. It was time for Jesus to teach his disciples that he had called, that they also should have compassion. We are now in the second half of the church year, the Trinity season. In the first half of the church year, beginning with Advent and ending with Easter, we saw all that Jesus had done for us. We saw how Jesus had shown us God's great love for us when he died on the cross in our place for our sins. If you ever feel that you are unloved, remember that God showed his great love for us when we look at Jesus on the cross. Now here in the Trinity season, we find that it is our turn to uh, show love and compassion to other people <clears throat> whom we see suffering in some way. This is a lesson that Jesus wanted to teach his disciples. He took their seven loaves of bread and seven fish and blessed them so that the disciples could then go out among the people and serve them. This is what Dr. Martin Luther uh, taught us in his explanation to the commandments. He gave us the negative part of the commandment that we should not do, but also the positive part of the commandment that we should do. <clears throat> For example, this is the explanation to the fifth commandment. We should fear and love God that we should not hurt nor harm our neighbor, the negative part, but help and befriend him in every bodily need, the positive part. We see Jesus teaching this to us in Matthew 19, where a rich young man wanted to know what one thing he could do to be sure that he had eternal life. Jesus told him that he should keep the commandments, and then he told him the commandments beginning with the fifth commandment. 
The rich young man claimed that he had kept all of the commandments from his youth. Then Jesus said, if you wish to be perfect, go and sell all you have and give it to the poor. I did not understand what Jesus meant when he said wish to be perfect because the young man had already claimed that he was perfect. Therefore, I read the article of the Greek word wish in Kittle. <coughs> Kittle is a set of 10 books that contains articles on every important Greek word in the New Testament. I discovered that wish can also mean to claim something contrary to the facts. For example, if I say I bowled a 300 game, you would say you wish. <laughs> I had made a claim contrary to the fact. Therefore, I retranslated what Jesus said this way. If you are as perfect as you claim to be, go and do what perfect people do. Sell all that you have and give it to the poor. The young man went away sad. He realized that he was not as perfect as he claimed to be. He did not, as Luther say, want to help and befriend his neighbors. You can sit at home and obey the negative parts of the commandments by not doing anything bad to anyone else. But if you want to do something good for people and obey the positive parts of the commandments, you have to go out and be among people. The good things that God wants us to do as his called servants are the things that we are learning about during the Trinity season. Recently, I was thinking about the example that Jesus set when he washed the feet of his disciples. In those days, people walked from one place to another on unpaved roads, roads that were dusty and dirty, and they wore sandals. Uh, The host at the house where the person was going to would then wash his guest's feet so that they would also then be clean and cool. But in order to wash someone's feet, as Jesus was teaching his disciples to do, they had to first invite someone to come to their house for a meal. You have to get involved in the lives of people and not just uh, sit around the house by yourselves. In order to be able to share your lives with others, you have to be hurt. Uh, you have to be out and about if you are willing to share your lives with other people. And that brings us to the third aspect of our story. The disciples, Jesus gave uh, his disciples more than enough food for them to feed all those people. He did not want the disciples to worry about their own lives when they were helping others with their lives. Uh, since Jesus wanted them to interact with other people in a positive way, he had to give them the means so that they could interact with people. He promised to restore to them what they gave up doing good for others. They had to believe in miracles. The same is true for us Christians nowadays. Since God wants us to interact with others so that we can show them the love of God for them, God has also supplied us with the things that we need in order to do good for others. We believe that when we became Christians, God, the Holy Spirit, gave each one of us the time, talent, and treasure that we need that would uh, be able, so that we would be able to do good for other people. And our gospel lesson today shows us that we should always believe that Jesus will give us more than enough to do the work that he has called all of us to do. The problem is that the weakness of our flesh 
that St. Paul speaks about in the epistle lesson today tempts us to keep what we have for ourselves. We feel that it is more important that we stay alive than to help others to keep on living. We stop believing that God will take care of us when we take care of others. We are afraid to die. Unbelievably, it is God himself who put into our flesh the will to live. We consider God the Father to be not only the creator of life, but also the preserver of life. God preserves life by putting into our flesh the desire to keep on living. But God wants us to keep on living so that we can do his work. Our desire to live is to keep on living so that we can help ourselves to live. And so we ignore the needs of others so that we might live longer. We do a sin of omission. Fortunately, we Christians are not afraid to confess that we are such sinners because we believe that God will forgive us our sins. We are uh, bold enough to confess our sins because we believe that God will forgive us our sins because we believe in Jesus. And that is why at the beginning of the divine service, the pastor forgives us our sins. Now, since we are forgiven, we are more receptive to uh, hearing the rest of the, in the rest of the divine service what God has called us to do as his called servants. I pray that God will continue to bless St. John's Lutheran Church and its members for another 150 years. Be compassionate, trusting that God will more than supply you with all that you need to interact with other people and do good for them. And keep the message straight that God always loves us and forgives sinners through Jesus Christ our Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding keep your hearts and minds centered on Christ Jesus. Amen.